10. The, quote, American, unquote, Indian. Yankee Magazine, in January 1991, carried an article by James Dodson on Indians titled, quote, Nobody's Laughing at Chief Homer Now, unquote. It is about the efforts of a, quote, Chief Homer St. Francis, chief of the sovereign nation of the Abenakis, unquote. He lays claim to Vermont and more in the name of the Abenakis, or Missisquoi. Their lands, according to Homer, were taken illegally in the colonial era. Two court decisions have aided his claims. Courts and judges today are very prone to favor, quote, minority rights, unquote, sometimes to a ridiculous degree. Apparently, no one raised the issue that the United States did not preempt Abenaki lands. The English did. Of course, in the War of American Independence, the Americans then preempted English lands. If the Abenaki claim is tenable, it should be lodged against the English, who could then file against the Americans. The Abenakis, a particularly brutal people, no doubt seized the lands from earlier inhabitants. But this is not all. Quote, chief, unquote, Homer St. Francis, with his English name, looks no more Indian than most Americans walking the streets. He and his people are similar to most Americans of mixed blood. Anthropologist John Greenway has observed, Never in the entire history of the inevitable displacement of hunting tribes by advanced agriculturalists in the 40,000 generations of mankind has a native people been treated with more consideration, decency, and kindliness than the American Indians. The Mongoloids in displacing the first comers to Asia, the Negroes in displacing the Aborigines in Africa, and every other group following the biological law of the competitive exclusion principle thought like the Polynesian chief who once observed to a white officer, quote, I don't understand you, English. You come here and take our land, and then you spend the rest of your lives trying to make up for it. When my people came to these islands, we just killed the inhabitants, and that was the end of it. Unquote. Footnote 1. John Greenway, The American Tradition, A Gallery of Rogues. New York, N.Y. Mason Charter, 1977. 61. Millions of Americans walking the streets of our cities and working our farms have Indian blood. A very high percentage of all, quote, white Americans, unquote, have Indian ancestors. And a very high percentage of all Indians on reservations have non-Indian ancestors. We do our history an injustice if we fail to take note of this fact. In recent years, it has become a sign of intellectual status to speak contemptuously of, quote, the melting pot, unquote. It is, however, a reality. In my own family, all of whom came from Armenia and Russia from 1015 to 1925, there are now intermarriages with the following peoples. German, Dutch, Scottish, English, Hispanic, and more. The older Shoshone Indians, who remembered the old days well, regarded with amusement and disgust the champions of Indianization. Ironically, these men, who had been forcibly, in some instances, sent to Carlisle Indian School in Pennsylvania, came back with some status because of their learning and skills. Parents who had resisted surrendering their sons became proud of them. These boys grew up to be men who read weekly news magazines and daily papers. They knew that life as a hunting people was very meager. Elder Louis Dave, who as a boy hunted with a bow and arrow as his band roamed over a considerable distance, relished modern life. He knew how poor life and fare are when one must depend upon one's hunting, fighting, and food gathering. The myth of the golden age of the Indian past is a myth born of Rousseau. The zeal for the Indian past has been learned by Indians from white Americans. The American tourist hungers for a glimpse of Rousseau's world, of primitive innocence and happy, carefree living. There is little interest in an Indian who is a successful cattleman or a university professor, but much interest in an Indian dance. Such dances usually involve fanciful recreations of Indian dress. 
The title, quote, chief, unquote, is an English and American invention. At first, Indian leaders, often so named by the English without tribal knowledge, were called, quote, kings, unquote. Later, they were demoted to, quote, chiefs, unquote. Apt learners, the Indians readily picked up on the cues given to them. They were adept at such things, as well as selling and reselling the same lands to white men. It is a myth to believe they were innocent and exploited. The white men were similarly looking after their own advantage. I was not only told that, quote, chief, unquote, was an English term, but also that the only comparable term that could be used in either Paiute or Shoshone had reference to a man who headed a war party. Our idea of a chief implies a presiding, governing officer. No such thing existed among most tribes. Many tribes, as hunting and food-gathering peoples, moved about in small family bands. Only occasionally did a large number of bands come together. It is easier to understand Indian life if we think of families. A tribe is an extended family. In our families, there are no officials. Instead, there are parents and children. In a wandering band of 15 to perhaps even 50 Indians, there would be several fathers. Hunting, fishing, and food gathering would determine their movements, rather than a general order issued by one man. The Indians were an intelligent people, whose learning was directed towards hunting, fishing, and food gathering. Their knowledge of plants was extensive. Thanks to their intelligence, they had no problem in recognizing that the white man had skills, knowledge, and tools that they needed and wanted. The white man was not an, quote, invader, unquote, in our modern sense. Any Indian from another tribe, or any other tribe's band, trespassing on their hunting lands, was an invader. But invasion was a way of life, and often a form of survival. True, the white man looked different and lived in a very different way, but the older Paiutes and Shoshones regarded the Southwest Indians as very peculiar, and did not see them as, quote, Indians, unquote. In fact, they learned from the white man that they were, quote, Indians, unquote. They had no common term for the various peoples of North America. The distinction between, quote, whites, unquote, and, quote, Indians, unquote, was a learned one. Each tribe saw itself as, quote, the people, unquote. Others had particular names, but not they. An alien could be killed, or he could be adopted, and become one of, quote, the people, unquote. In terms of this, one can perhaps say of the Abenakis today that they represent a minimum of history and a great deal of fiction, a product of American ideas and myths. When we speak of American Indians, we are more accurate than we realize. Like us, they are an American product.